What's going on guys? Episode one of the Open Brother Project. The Open Brother Project is something that I've been working on for a while. Something I've been thinking about for a while. Thinking a little too long. It was time for some action. Uh, it's a podcast that just, it's men learning from other men. Me, particularly, learning from other men. So I just want to sit down with a bunch of men from different walks of life who have walked different paths. And I just, I just want to hear the lessons that they've gone through, the, the trials and tribulations, everything that's helped them become the man that they are today. And hopefully through doing that, it shows other men, younger men, men my age, men older, men of all types, it shows them what they can learn, shows them, I don't know, I honestly don't know, but I know that as a man growing up without a father figure, that it's been very, very hard for me to find guidance, and podcasts, and YouTube videos, and just random occurrences have always been the things that have taught me the lessons that I've needed to learn. So I'm hoping that this podcast does the same for somebody. The first episode is with my friend Dan. We have an interesting conversation. Um, we touch on, you know, emotions. We touch on how, how it's so easy to be mistaken for gay because we use our emotions or we wear a certain color or we act a certain way. Uh, we touch on him coming out as bisexual. And then we also touch on me coming out as somebody who decided to, I guess for lack of better words, devote his, devote his life to God. I started praying to God rather than the universe and I started turning to that whole life going to church, reading the word. And um, yeah, the similarities of when he came out and the way I came out, it's very similar. Had to come out to your family and friends, you know, awkward for some of them. People still don't know how to take you now that they know. Very, very similar. So, so it was an interesting conversation there. Um, and I hope you guys get something out of it. And Dan, thank you so much for that conversation. You have no idea how much it helped me. You have no idea how much it actually pushed me to do this. So thank you so much for that. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. Open Brother, episode one. Peace. Yeah, yeah. The recording. Cool, cool, man. Well, thank you. Thank you for uh, agreeing to have a chat with me. Welcome. Yeah, man. We can just jump right into it pretty much. This is uh, going to be for my podcast. I don't know if you've like checked it out at all. It's Unapologetically Human with Dan Boyvin. And it's uh, it's about a lot of things, but largely just about trying to understand myself and other people and the world that we live in through these crazy, crazy modern times that we find ourselves in. And uh, True. yeah, and just, I, I just really love having conversations with interesting people, artists, entrepreneurs, and 
connecting. So thank you. Thank you for being here. Man, of course, of course. And uh, yeah, I, I actually did listen to it like at the very beginning, like when you first made your podcast, I, uh, I started tuning in and I was like, this is really, really cool. Because I, lo- I love to see people start podcasts myself. Um, yeah. It's always been a really, really cool thing to take in and see happen and see the growth and like how it changes and everything. Like, I mean, with you, you have like seven inches of new hair. <laughs> see all this I've got a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, like 14. <laughs> Hidden under my hat a little bit right now. It looks wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so why don't you uh, why don't you introduce yourself? And uh, if you recall uh, how we met, you can we can we can both touch on it. But true, true, true. Well, I mean, uh, for me, I guess uh, I guess you'd say I'm an artist and entrepreneur. Um, definitely a psychedelic enthusiast. Um, yeah, like a yeah. So I, I guess you say artist because I paint. Um, like right now, I'm sitting in my uh, in my art studio. Um, I make I make clothing, I, uh, I I produce podcasts. I um I like to focus on a lot of men's health and men's men's issues. So I started doing that recently and becoming a coach. Um, yeah, there's just I do a bunch of things. I've I've had a lot of jobs in my life, and uh, so I wear a lot of different hats nowadays. I do a lot of different things. I'm now I'm a crypto investor. Uh, an NFT investor, like I'm not, I do a bunch of stuff, but, uh, <laughs> but, but I guess my main career, uh, for the past few years has been film and television, been working in film and television for quite some time, uh, in the locations aspect of it and, uh, in set deck, which is just like dressing sets and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So it's just a bunch of stuff, a bunch of stuff, wild ride, life's a wild ride. It been, really uh, is, man. And I, I don't think you, uh, introduce yourself, your name. What's your name? Colin. Colin Cummings. <laughs> Colin. Colin Michael Cummings. Yeah. Welcome. I always describe what I do more than oh, my shit. name. Oh, shit. Someone's going to fucking steal your identity now. You gave the middle name. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. My grandfather has the same name, so somebody oh, already took it. Nice. <laughs> You're like, I got it from someone else already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool, man. Cool. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's so interesting because it, it's. I, I was thinking earlier... Well, a couple things like one, uh, as I often do, like I've pretty much the guests that I have had on my podcast, I, it, it, they've been friends. They've been people that I know through various uh, avenues and that I've come across in life and just interesting people. And I'm like, you know, we'd have a fucking great conversation, which is the one of the main reasons I started my podcast in the first place. Right. And <clears throat> just like, uh, interesting world that we find ourselves in now with social media and stuff because uh I, I i can touch on uh how we met i i don't even actually oh i'm trying to think who who it was through if it was it was uh mike I, I brick oh yeah 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 burkick or however you pr- however you pronounce it i how think you, you got it you got it yeah how do you know him it was so long ago. I, I think, oh yeah, this is it. I came with my friend Mike, one of my really good friends, Mike. He knew Mike, <laughs> right? And they connected. I think on some excursion or something like that. And then he was like, "I'm going to this thing, and it's gonna be pretty cool." And I was like, "Let's go." We were both living downtown at the time, so it was like mm. an easy thing to just go and do because we were living at like Davenport and Christie at the time in Toronto. 
and yeah, we just came in and opened ourselves up to the whole experience that uh, that he had going on, and it was really, really cool, really cool experience. Yeah, I remember now as well. It was the uh, mental health and entrepreneurship event that he put on at CSI, and so yeah. he had like you know four or five uh, speakers who you know have reached or attained relative amount of success in the entrepreneurial field that they have created for themselves and you know it's like entrepreneurship I I have you know some some of my own experiences with entrepreneurship and being a manager at different businesses and stuff as well just like you a lot of careers a lot of different hats a lot of different artistic creative avenues that I've been exploring and honing over the years and yeah, just a really interesting event talking about, you know, there's like an idea in entrepreneurship, like the the trough of sorrow that, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs are really on that solo hero's journey on their own to create the things they're creating. And they've really got no one to rely upon but themselves in a lot of ways. And that could, they actually experience things like depression, anxiety at a higher level than the general population because of the amount of risks that they undertake and stress that they can undertake, especially when it's like, you know, I've had friends that I used to work for a general contracting renovation business. And it's like, you know, you got, you got like a, however many tens of thousands of dollars payroll to, to make every two weeks. And like, you have no option, but to make that payroll and pay your employees, whether you're getting paid or not, and just having to figure it out. Right. Yeah. But yeah, so we 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 met each other at that event. I had actually, it was so weird because a, a buddy of mine that I had met in, up in Barrie when I was up in college up in Barrie was at the event. And he just like heard my voice and was like, is that fucking Dan? And then he came over and we were chatting. Alex Brown, I don't know if you remember him or, but he's a, he's been a quite a successful entrepreneur as well. And, uh, and then, yeah, I remember, I think it was your buddy, is it Jordan? we went over to to his place had kind of like the men's group kind of chatting with each other were you there i was there yeah yeah you were at the men's group yeah yeah with ariel oh my gosh yeah you were there (laughs) i forget i always forget who was there yeah i oh my god i forgot about that wow wow because yeah i always remember ariel because i ended up going into stand-up comedy so like we ended up connecting more and more mm-hmm. and uh and jordan of course he, we were friends uh uh yeah yeah we were really close we were working together at the time like uh through video production and stuff oh mm-hmm. uh, yeah wow wow so you were there too that was an amazing time that was an amazing mm-hmm. time that that is actually when i said i wanted to get like into like men's focused type of stuff like that was the seed for it that that men's group was really something just Mm -hmm. the just the stories that came out and yeah the tears that came out of some people and and how it helped some guys and how it moved some people it was just amazing amazing stuff Mm -hmm, for sure um yeah so maybe maybe talk a little bit more about that like what are you what are you up to is it uh open brother yeah 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 yeah. started recently yeah 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 just a little bit um yeah open brother it's just a play on words like open source the way like you have like a a a website or web program app and you can see under the hood and see how it's all working um i wanted to start something like that for uh for men 
So I'm the open brother and I kind of just uh, expose myself uh, emotionally mm-hmm. and, uh, and just like my inner workings and what's going on, how I'm getting through things um, and, and how I've gotten through certain things. And, and hopefully it just helps some guys out there because it's like so many of us don't have any guidance. So many of us like like even the ones with father figures still come out as an adult man and still don't have the proper guidance in things don't have the proper community don't have the nurturing like in 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 a friends group kind of thing and mm-hmm. and it gets really hard i've i've been through a lot of hard stuff because of that exact thing and 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 brotherhood and 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 community like it's so needed with guys and when we just don't do it enough we don't think of that enough we're always trying to just hustle through things and grind through things and and it's really really it gets tough it gets tough i mean for me it's it's been really tough so like mm-hmm. i just wanted to be able to to open up and 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 hopefully help some guys um like that men's group was a seedling for stuff like this and also when i was working in film and television i was working with a bunch of young guys because i was uh i was kind of managing them i had to tell them what to do and in locations we have people who are like LSPs and basically it's just like a gopher type of thing on set they run around they do stuff for you yeah and and I kept talking to them about um because they were young so I was talking to them about integrity and and working for themselves eventually um because I'm like you guys can do it like like Mm -hmm. I remember telling one guy Eli he's like a 17 year old he's like I don't know what to do with my life and I'm like man I'm like (laughs) if you buckle down if you buckle down right now by the time you're 29, 30, you could be an astronaut. Like you can do anything right yeah, now. Like if yeah. you just decided that you're going to do it, you could do it. And uh, a couple of the guys ended up messaging me recently. One of them, the the, the guy uh, Eli, young he's guy, like, I'm he's... an astronaut, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he actually he was like, I want to be an actor, and I'm like, you can do that. And then all of a sudden, he's like sending me pictures of him on set, like doing the acting thing. And then mm, amazing. Uh, and, and then another one, uh, I was talking to him about crypto and I'm like, because uh, he messaged me, he had some questions and I was like, what are you doing with yourself now? Because he wanted to get into film and television as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, did you did you take that route? And he's like, no, he's like, I actually remembered what you told me. He's like, it kind of stuck with me. He's like, and I started my own business. Mm-hmm. He's like, and it's been going really well. And I was like, completely choked up when he told me that. Like I was lucky that we were just on Instagram messaging because uh yeah, yeah. I got tear I got teary eyed just hearing that and uh yeah it's it just it just shows like if you just open up a little bit if you're just vulnerable a little bit of with what you know and what you've experienced it can it can actually have such amazing ripple effects mm-hmm. and just seeing that in those two guys and the third guy this uh this kid Sean I remember everybody was getting high and drunk. Uh, within that group of uh, kids on set mm. and stuff and they all left and he came back and he was like he's like I remembered what you said about integrity and uh, he's like I couldn't leave you by yourself you know I just wanted to stick it out and just keep working with you he's like I know you need somebody here and I was like fuck I, was like, I cry really easy man so like I was getting yeah. I'm even getting choked up now and uh, <laughs> I was like fuck I was like that's incredible man I was just yeah, so just just little things like that, just little nudges along on, along the way of life kind of led me to the Open Brother Project. And yeah, now I'm just trying to record myself as much as possible, talk about the things I'm reading and just try to be an example, try to be an mm-hmm. example of, of what a good man can be, even if you come from uh, 
if you even if you come from pretty messed up beginnings mm-hmm. you know you can still salvage yourself and become like a a good upstanding man you know yeah for sure well and that's why I was saying, you know, it's this funny world we find ourselves in where it's like, that was a few years ago now, like what, probably a year or two even before the pandemic and time mm. just flies so much. And we find ourselves in this world where like, you know, we, we, that is how we find ourselves connecting with people a lot of the time, especially because life is busy and, you know, work and relationships and chores and just spending some time relaxing and then working on any, any projects or hobbies or it's like, it's really can be hard to, to find time or to, to really make the time for, for your friendships and for relationships with people and stuff like that. And yeah, exactly. You know, we find ourselves connecting on Instagram and it's like, you know, like you were saying, and, and it's really uh, relatable for me and, and some of the sharing I've done with my, my podcasts and my, my account on Instagram unapologetically human. When I first started it, I was doing a lot of like really, vulnerable writing and sharing about some of the the pain and the challenges that I've been been challenged with and yeah it's just like it's interesting because you know you creating what you're creating is what you know you're one of the streams of sort of 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 consciousness and of creation that I'm tapped into and you know you know we the algorithms feed us you know the more we look at someone's stuff the more they start showing up on our algorithms but you're like you're one of those you're one of those people that i really relate with the things that you share and and really appreciate that that you do it because yeah like you're saying like you don't know just how much what we do and what we say affect other people and how much they need to hear it and it's like i know you're you're a fan of jordan peterson right yeah yeah definitely definitely. yeah and it's like something that he talks about a lot where he's like it's just it's it's tragic and it's it's crazy just how like starved people are but young men in particular for just like some encouragement like they've never had anyone in their life tell them like you said like you can do it you can do that you can start a business you can you know become an astronaut like if you if you really buckle down because yeah like this this journey of life is tough man and and yeah like having for everybody needs people in their lives that they can be really open with and honest with and authentic vulnerable but yeah especially men because of the you know the upbringing we so many of us you know it's like how how old are you me i just turned 36 yesterday oh yeah yesterday happy birthday man <laughs> thank you thank you thank you <laughs> oh, sweet yeah like i'm turning 36 in october and uh oh, wow. yeah, yeah yeah i know i look like a little baby it's <laughs> <Yeah, man. laughs> <Yeah. Yeah>. true <laughs> <laughs> i still got that baby face <laughs> but uh yeah just uh we we growing up we we very very much got that story like men don't show vulnerabilities any type of vulnerability is a weakness men don't have let alone show emotions and stuff and you know when you say like you you cry easily and you get kind of like you were even well enough with what you were saying just yeah. a minute ago it's like it's funny because Jordan Peterson's like that. Like you see a lot of times when he talks, especially when he talks about like some of the, the, you know, tragic stories and challenges that people have shared with him and just like how, how little 
people actually need in the realm of like a bit of fucking encouragement and like how far it actually goes and he gets really teary-eyed and i heard a criticism of him recently that how how easily he gets teary-eyed may actually be <laughs> a uh a function of of his his emotional instability which he he honestly talks about uh you know his own neuroticism and temperament yeah. being being somewhat challenging which definitely i can relate to but i also see it as like you know that's a sign that like you've done the work and you're in touch with your humanity like you know it's yeah. like yeah. women stereotypically have uh you know more more emotions than are well you know quote unquote they have more emotions or they're they're quick to get more emotional and cry and stuff like that but it's like when you've really done the work which i i know you have i have in my own ways and you can really be in touch with your own humanity then and, and sort of allow yourself to feel your emotions and to express your emotions without without cutting them off for fear of judgment and criticism or you know, losing friends or maybe getting beat up or, or yeah. all sorts of like homophobia in our culture. Of course, you know? Um, so yeah, it's like, it's, it's really important to provide that for other people. It's really amazing. It's, like, yeah, man. It's so a uh, whole, I'm going to tell you a story in a second. I just got to close the blinds a little bit. Cause my okay. sweater is, my sweater is blinding you right now. <laughs> no, man, your sweater looks uh, dope as fuck. He's got like a nice bright hot pink sweater on. It's sweet. But um, to say what I was going to say, like uh, to, to your point, I remember I was on Instagram and I was talking with this uh, girl, just, we're just friends. And I was sharing a lot of stuff like I usually do. And uh, she was like, you're gay, right? <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not. I'm sitting with my girlfriend right now. I'm like, yeah. why are you? She's like, well, you're just so free and open. I was like, what? I'm like, so that's like the precursor to being gay. I was like, well, but <laughs> in our in the story that we grew up with, it is right. Exactly. And I, I, in in one of my, uh, well, actually, the last po podcast I I published was with a buddy of mine, Jordan Lindo. I don't know. Do you know him? I do know that name for some reason. Yeah, he's really, really cool dude. Yeah, I think he's he's in in like the GTA as well. You could have crossed okay. paths with him sometime. But yeah, like I had kind of near the end of our podcast had mentioned to him that I recently came out as bisexual, and mm -hmm. it's it's something I talk about often. That like the stories that we grew up with about what it means to be a man and to be strong and stoic and but you know like we can talk even i know you're into stoicism right like we can talk a bit about stoicism at some point but there's a distinction between stoicism as sort of like a methodology of different ways of sort of thinking and questioning yourself and living your life and being really in touch with yourself versus the way it, that's like capital s stoicism like it's like it, it's a philosophy yes, yes you know yes. it's a life philosophy but the stoicism small s stoicism that we grew up with was like men hold all their feelings in and deal with everything themselves and that's what puts a lot of men in a fucking early grave you know yeah man and uh yeah i just frequently say it's like you know, whether, whether you're gay or straight or bi or trans or whatever the fuck, non-binary, anything like that. It's like the idea that 
well, like we, we had such limitations from what I remember uh, culturally. And it's like, we, it, it's interesting, like where, where do we learn this stuff really? Because I remember as far back as I can, can remember as a young boy that we were teaching these ideas to each other and we were policing each other with these ideas of what it means yeah. to be a boy or a girl or a man. And like these ideas that like boys don't like pink or purple because they're girl colors and boys don't like skipping because that's a girl's activity and like <laughs> boys don't like flowers and my whole life I was like it, it, it's interesting because on on the one hand I was like I rebelled against that those types of beliefs but then as I grow older I still see especially the challenges in exploring my own sexuality and coming out in recent years to like some of my best friends and my family and how like my brothers were the last people that I told for, you know, for those same types of reasons of like, it's like I told my mom and my dad and my sister and a bunch of my best friends, but I was like more afraid to tell my brothers kind of thing, right? So it's like, despite rebelling against some of these ideas i've also can recognize how deeply affected i am by it and it's like it's hard to even like comprehend or begin to have a grasp on how we're affected by these ideas until you like really do the work and see how how much it's just all piled on because i was like what do you mean boys don't like pink and purple man like they're they're <laughs> great colors like pink's yeah, bright man. it's awesome donatello was my favorite ninja turtle i always loved purple <laughs> like my favorite color was blue but i even questioned like i'm like i think my favorite color might have been purple if i wouldn't have been gay bashed for it and made to feel <laughs> made to feel fucking so threatened about it and i was also like like you know i like skipping like fuck you like and and like boys don't like flowers that's the thing actually this is i almost i did a bit of stand up <laughs> myself and this is something that i actually would uh would like to maybe like make a little five minute bid on and go do like an open open mic i haven't done an open mic in the last few years because the last one i did was extremely nerve-wracking for whatever reason but uh -huh. yeah just this idea that it's like boys don't like flowers okay first of all like we know that when we're like disconnected from nature, we are like not well. And of what there is in nature to connect with, it's like, you know, you got, you got the blue water and sky, you got the green and brown trees and forests and ground. And then you have flowers, man. Flowers are just <laughs> like every fucking color you can imagine. These bright, like nature's fucking art, candy whatever and they smell good it's like we literally <laughs> we literally have a saying that to like soak up the sweetness of life you you what you stop and smell the fucking flowers, flowers and then yeah. alongside that we have this like cultural story of being a man and you don't you don't like flowers because it's girly it's like man fuck that flowers are like <laughs> one of the best things in the whole world like to this day I'm, it's like they look beautiful they're colorful they fucking light up and sort of like accentuate the natural landscape and they, they smell great like come they're on. the thing they're the thing that <laughs> makes 
they're the thing that make the forest beautiful, right? Like if you're in a meadow or something, it's like, it's like one of those things that stands out the most, almost like pink, red, yellow, white, like everything, everything, everything. I don't know. I dress like like a, I dress like a flower myself now. I'm pretty much like that. Like my shoes, I was just wearing pink shoes. Like I wear pink shoes. I wear pink shirts. I have a pink hat that I had on, but I thought it'd be too bright. Yeah, actually, I saw that in your like video yesterday or the other day. And I was like, I really like your fucking pink hat, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, I broke away from that. It's, uh, I, I don't, I kind of broke away from that when I was like, getting into like the chakras and stuff and I learned that color is like good for your mind to be Mm. seeing colors is like good to like if you're depressed all the time because I've had depression for a long time from the time I was a little kid Mm. and to and then I looked at my closet one day and I was like everything's black and gray I'm like maybe if I wore colors I might be happier or maybe I'd activate this throat chakra or this root chakra or this or Mm. that so I just started getting really into colors and and then I started painting and I was like, yo, give me these bright colors. I'm like, these bright colors are the shit. Like, and then like, I was like, why wouldn't I wear these as well? Like, I just like, you know, like, mm. I don't know. Like I got real secure in who I, I, I was uh, through spirituality and through just not caring. I mean, through psychedelics too, but like through, through just wanting to break out of depression. It was like, I'd rather, I'd rather look, you know, gay than be depressed and like wallowing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, come on, like seriously. Well, and it's also that idea too, like the, like, you know, those who, who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind, you know, <laughs> true, it's like, true. It, it, it's interesting. I actually heard something the other day that said something about like, you know, like these people, I I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was almost like rather than challenge some of the kind of cultural stereotypes that get people triggered, it's like those people would rather be triggered and put you back in your place and see you in the fucking ground dead than let you like be yourself sort of thing and be supportive to you. And it's like, you got to recognize like the the signs of who do you have in your life really that is like on your side because like a lot Mm -hmm. of people well i fuck man it's like the the society in many ways is collapsing around us with obviously like the pandemic we got the wars we got you know these culture wars between the left and the right extremes (laughs) on both sides and and it's just like you know, I actually just wrote uh, my fiance and I, we're, uh, we have like a, a little book that we've made where we do reflections at the end of the year. And I usually, as I do with so many things, I sort of put shit off and push it off. And a lot of times <laughs> it's actually because I, I really want to give it the time that it deserves to kind of like do it in like one go. And I know it's going to take a couple or a few hours. So I, sort of don't make the time but I actually just finally made the time earlier today to uh, write my reflections for last year you know and was just writing how it seems like you know a lot of veils are being removed from the eyes of humanity right now to see the the true chaotic reality of of the world that we live in rather than the you know bubblegum corporate fake reality entertainment that we've had you know 
layered over top of us for the last the last few decades and even yeah. i was listening to a, a monk dialogue um the university of toronto one of their departments is called the monk school of global affairs and they okay. host they host they they had jordan peterson on a few years ago and they have like really really big people on for these like monk debates and they're one of their they're they're one of my favorite uh sources of information expert like conversations with experts and something that they kind of like their byline is that it's all about having like civil and substantive discourse and conversations and debates and dialogues about the the big issues and ideas that are going on in our world and cool. um lost my train of thought <laughs> happens sometimes sometimes it's good to go on such a, such a wave man but uh yeah it's just like these these veils are being being kind of like lifted and we're just seeing how how chaotic things truly are oh that's why it, it, his uh his his guest every friday for a half hour podcast is uh, this woman, Janice Grossstein, and she's the founding director of the Monk School of Global Affairs. So she's okay. like a world-renowned author and uh, political commentator and, and stuff like that. And uh, just give me one sec. I think, my, I think my internet's fucking up. I'm actually just going to switch my network here quickly. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. I didn't know that podcast existed. Are you back? Can you hear yeah, me? Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing, man. I, I listened to it the the one on Fridays. I listen to every week, and throughout the course of the pandemic, they've had three different like sets of dialogues. It used to just be the monk debates, and then I think they started the monk podcast, and then which has like over a million like downloads. Like it's quite popular. Cool. And uh, and then they they did started this like expert uh, dialogue series with people. And the first one was really focused on like conversations about the world after COVID or learning to live with COVID. And then yeah. that was sort of like the fall of 2020. And then spring of 2021 they did one. And then fall of 2021 they did one. So they're just okay. like they're just wrapping up like the last few uh, the last few dialogues for for this one. And yeah, I'm talking like the the guy who's the host. He's a really great host. His name's uh, Rudyard Griffiths or something. Really interesting name. But cool. like he's talking to like Steven Pinker and Daniel Dennett wow. and so many just like massive people in the their yeah. respective fields and stuff like that. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I highly that's, recommend checking it out. That's really cool. I didn't know that existed. I've done work around that uh, around that school, and I always would look at it and I'd be like, "What is that?" I'd be like, "What? What is that place?" I'd be like, I never uh, like understood what it actually was. And, uh, yeah, it's really cool to hear they have some cool things going on in there. But yeah, yeah the veils the veils being lifted that's a real thing. A lot of a lot of things that uh a lot of things that we thought couldn't happen are starting to happen and uh, and it's 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 doing a lot like 
it's hard to see, right? Especially if you don't practice gratitude and, and look at things from a certain way, but it's causing a lot of good. Mm. It's causing a lot of good. It's causing people to kind of go after what they've always wanted to go after. Um, you know, a lot of people in life, like myself, they usually need like a, a death close to them to really check in with the fact that you don't know how much time you have left, right? Mm. Um, it's kind of like the old thing of like, when you have a stuffy nose, you're like, oh man, I, oh, I can't, I'm going to appreciate when my nose isn't stuffed up anymore. Like yeah, when I'm not yeah. sick, oh man, I'm going to go out and take a <laughs> run when I'm not sick. I can't wait. Yeah. You know, you kind of just, you kind of just become ungrateful. And, um, and yeah, now, now I'm seeing a lot of people, they're way more grateful for, for being able to go out and do certain things. And, things that they just wouldn't do before. I, I know my, me, myself, like I would never go out to restaurants before and stuff like that. Like I just didn't care for it at all. Mm. And, uh, and now it's like a completely different kind of thing. I didn't care to go out for walks before mm-hmm. I remember. And now I go out for walks like every single day. Like, I don't know. It's just like, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's helped me if anything to practice a lot of gratitude. Cause you just never know. You never know what turn the world is going to take. Yeah, like yeah. it can just take a turn. We always sit back and we go that we always look at things that have happened and we're like, that's history and that doesn't happen now and that doesn't happen here. Well, and- we're more evolved now. Yeah. <laughs> that was sort yeah. of like the the story. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I remember from my like when like learning about history, you know, like ancient Egyptians and the Greeks and the Romans and the all the collapsed empires of the past, that it's like, you know, we're we're in the modern world now and we're different and we're better <laughs> and we're smarter than all those yeah. people from the past, even though so many of those people and cultures from the past gave us like so much of what we have today. And we don't even know how they did a lot of this stuff. Like we're still like, yeah. it must've been aliens that yeah. built Stonehenge and the pyramids. Cause we don't have any idea with all our engineering smarts and technology. We still have not a fucking clue how they <laughs> But, but also like one of the last talks uh, on, on the, uh, like the Friday members only podcast with Janice Rose Stein, they were talking about how, you know, this like past 30 years. And it's interesting because, you know, we're, we're both in our mid thirties. And so this is really the time frame of our life that since around 1991 and the collapse of the Soviet union and the end of the cold war, this is actually been kind of like the most unprecedented peaceful time in the history of the world it's like you know we see this war break out in europe and it's like well before the last 30 years like that was the norm for the last several (laughs) hundred years and we just get used to things being different and you know it's like the uh the cooperation and peace that we've enjoyed and, yeah. and and taken for granted and not yeah. understood how to be like grateful for what we have until it's gone and we're like oh my god what the fuck everything's insane <laughs> yeah yeah but uh it's like you know global superpower and big power politics is the you know history of the world like there's do you know, do you know the guy uh, named ray dalio you ever heard of him yeah 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 I've, i have actually he's a uh, I've I've seen him in the realm of sort of like not necessarily help uh, like self help but kind of like 
business success motivation and stuff. And I, I listened to a video, like it was like a 45 minute video a couple weeks ago now giving an outline of, I don't know if it's his newest book, but I, I can't remember the name of it. I'll have to look for it, but he talks about, he, he's a trader basically. And he talks about how when he was younger and, and was kind of newer to trading, there were certain things that happened where there was like these big global kind of things happening. And it made him think, you know, well, the market's going to go this way on this, but then counterintuitively it went the opposite way. So he kind of was like, hmm. okay, yeah. so what I thought was going to happen didn't happen. And so all these people that did the opposite thing, like what did they know that I didn't? And he started really looking into the sort of like, I guess like market dynamics of geopolitical things that are going on and how they have kind of like panned out throughout history through like the, the rise and fall of empires. And so he paints yeah. in, in 45 minutes, he paints this like, really like interesting detailed picture of the like history of the rise and fall of the last like four or five empires basically like the dutch the english china america like the spanish and and it, it's just like fascinating because it's like the you know the things that we're seeing now have always been the case you know the yeah. wars the pandemics whatever it might be and it's like i i guess like we could take some I, I i certainly do at least a little bit of solace that it's like these can be really stressful to see all this shit especially no 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 like culture or group of humans have had like the access to information to be bombarded with this stuff like we have so it's new in that sense. yeah that's what i was gonna say that's but not, at that's... least we can like take like a little bit of solace in the fact that like literally every like set of humans through all of history have gone through similar types of things or worse and we have found a way like through to the other side to continue building and growing and evolving and fixing yeah. the problems that we're faced with and stuff you know yeah yeah it's uh yeah that's that's the hopeful part and i am very i am very hope i, I have a lot of faith that we're gonna be just fine um and i just keep plugging away at life because i mean got no choice really i mean i can't i can't stop living a lot of i know some people who have they've stopped living completely mm -hmm. they've like just stopped and uh and I just couldn't do it. I mean, even through the pandemic, I worked all through it. I was actually doing Uber Eats through the worst of the pandemic. So I was I was counterintuitively interacting with all of the city versus none of the city. Oh, I man. was going around. <laughs> the whole the whole pandemic or for like the first like year and a half or so, I was a, a manager at a bar slash restaurant so like for the first mm. I, the only time i was off and on serb was uh which is like unemployment for those of you if you're listening and aren't canadian mm. um i was only off work for the first two and a half or three and a half months like the first lockdown that we had and then i was back to bar managing and i was the manager so i was working full time and just you know there is no prospect of a vaccine, no nothing yet. And I'm yeah. you know, just 
surrounded by a massive patio at work full of unmasked people and stuff. Like, <laughs> it's been certainly a lot of uh, a lot of uncertainty with both work and finances and and health and and stress and stuff throughout the pandemic. But then I, I left there and I went and was managing at a cannabis dispensary for like nine months. And same thing. It's like I was I was managing there, but I was also like working the till retail and yeah, just interacting with so many fucking people coming through and it's like you gotta kind of just like shrug a little bit and throw your hands up and be like yeah yeah we just gotta fucking live our lives man yeah exactly exactly i was in the same boat um my my wife she was actually in the exact same boat as you because she works in the restaurant industry and i think she had maybe i don't think she had any time off really because she worked in a pretty big restaurant so they just kind of scaled back the, uh, she was assistant GM at the time, I mm. believe, uh, just higher up manager type. And so they just scaled back the employees, the servers and whatnot, and they still had work to do in terms of inventorying and doing certain things. And so she never actually, I don't think she actually took any time off at all. Yeah. It was just me because I was in film and television. So that shut down right away. Um, so that's why I jumped over to Uber Eats because Serb wasn't even a thing, I don't think, like right at the beginning. Like it wasn't a thing, wasn't an option. So, so I just had to get through and, uh, and I'm glad I did. I'm very glad I did. It, it helped a lot. I, yeah, it just, it helped so much, so much, but I mean, now, now I'm kind of, kind of, I don't know, like I'm still at the point of living my life. I, I still have, um, I, I don't do Uber Eats anymore, but I still interact with as many people as, as possible, um, for my own mental health, I need, mm. I need to interact with people. Um, <laughs> just a thing that I have. So I like it and uh, I just keep doing it. Some people see it as irresponsible, but like, you know, it's, uh, I, but also I went back to film and television and I was one of the few people that was getting tested four times a week. So it's like, I wasn't worried. Like I was getting tested every other day. Like it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wasn't getting tested, but I was throughout the whole pandemic, I was getting temped at work every single day. So it's like, I actually found it to be kind of interesting because it made me want to get one of those like little laser thermometer temperature checkers for myself <laughs> at home. Cause I was like, it's actually kind of interesting. Cause if I were to just temp myself every day at home, maybe after the pandemic's done, it'd be like, I would just like know immediately if like, I was like, had a fever running a fever or something. Yeah. 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 I actually have one of those. Because uh, when I went back to film and television, the the position that I actually got was a COVID officer. So I became like the person that would maintain all the rules on the film sets. I would maintain <laughs> the rules and I'd make sure people wore their masks and that they weren't too close. And I bet that I was, was fun. Oh, yeah, that was fun. That was very fun. Getting told to fuck off 10 times a day. Yeah, like yeah. Back in retail kind of thing, you know, it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, it reminds me thinking of like, you know, when restaurants open back up and have like same, all these rules that a lot of them make no fucking sense. It's like, at all. you can, you have to wear your mask if you're walking from the door to your table or from your table to the washroom or to go outside to smoke or whatever. But as soon as you sit down, you can take it off. It's like, man, this is like pissing in the fucking corner of the pool. Can we like <laughs> do something that makes some fucking sense? Like, or, or just stop the theater, stop the, yeah. Like, covid theater and hygiene theater shit but yeah yeah, but yeah seriously the, this idea of like all these like anti-vaxxers and people saying they can't wear masks because of like health shit and that it's like you know 
fucking 17 year old fucking hostesses that make a minimum <laughs> wage at some restaurant have to fucking be the ones to like deal with these people and shit yeah yeah exactly exactly it's uh yeah it had us it had us all uh fighting each other like most uh well, like most things do right? right yeah yeah but uh actually to switch gears um for you like going back to what you said about coming out as a uh, bisexual um how what was that like has it been what was it was it like that your whole life that you were like that or like how did you like were you always like that and then like you came out recently or how, how did all, all that come about so i uh my last podcast uh that i published my buddy asked me about this and how how does that work with my fiance and i and it kind of was at the end of us like having like recorded for like two hours. So it was kind of like, I'll, I'll talk about this in a future one. And I actually have a, a kind of like a double episode with another friend that I'm editing right now that I did talk with her about it. I don't totally recall exactly what I said. So I'm just kind of okay. giving a preamble. Apologies to anyone who's a regular listener, if I'm repeating myself here, but yeah. uh, no, I appreciate you asking. And, and uh, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm just interested to, to share and to hear your thoughts as well. Because my my last friend I shared it with was a, a woman as well, and it's not uh, it's not something that I've talked with guys about a lot, and for for obvious reasons, it's kind of like you know all the all the homophobia in our culture tends to come from, that. Oh. and 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 like <laughs> like it, it's so interesting too because it's also largely geared towards gay men. Most of the homophobia in our culture, period, because it's like most women think other women are hot, or like I know tons that do and and that's like a totally normal thing and obviously guys are like down with that for the most part and true but it's like but it's like you know you have all these guys that are like super homophobic against gay gay men but not women and then even women who they're not as homophobic or certainly not as vicious or aggressive or violent or you know threatening of violence but they're still not into it. It's like, it's just like the, the taboo is very on the side towards men. And so, yeah, it, it's been a, it's been a journey, man. It's been tough. It's been, it's been a, a rough challenging like last few years because it is recent. It's new. It's like, it was so like repressed in me because of the cultural, like, uh, you know, norms and ideas and the shame around this type of thing that it really wasn't even in my consciousness. It, like it was, it wasn't something that I was like present to that. I was like really like consciously aware that I was like hiding or that I was like, you know, quote unquote in the closet. It mm. was like, I, I remember from the time I was like five in kindergarten, I was attracted to girls. I asked a girl to marry me when we grow up, when we were in kindergarten. And, and I, I remember my, my first few crushes on, on girls when I was a kid. And I, it, it was interesting because in, in, in retrospect, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. So as I really started to open up this conversation with myself, essentially what I consider to be two very different parts of myself. It's like, it's bisexual. It's like, you're, you're neither straight nor gay, but then also you're both. It's like wh whatever yeah. way you want to say it. Right. So it's like, it's like internally my experience of myself is that like, we all have very, very uh, distinctive 
different aspects of ourselves. Like we all, you know, whether we're trying to lose weight or eat healthy or whatever, we've all had that experience where it's like one, you know, part of yourself is like, yo, let's go like get a slice of pizza or burger, or eat that cookie. And then mm. another part of yourself is like, no. And it's like, you have like, you know, you have the more ancient, like it, it, it's interesting where these different parts of us may be coming from. Cause it, it's obviously complex, but it's almost like, you know, we have our prefrontal cortex that tends to be the more adult, rational, responsible side. That's like, do these things to reach your goals and create the life you want and the person you want to be. But then we have these more animalistic, childish, immature, unable to regulate our emotions, kind of like more brainstem area where a lot of like the other stuff comes from where like, you know, maybe lack of impulse control and, and a lot of addictive types of behaviors. That's one way that I think about it. And that actually was uh, sort of a, a big part of the framework of this one program I did a couple years ago called Road to Hope. But yeah, so it's kind of like I had, um, have you ever heard of Landmark? I have, I have heard of Landmark actually. So I did Landmark, which is like a personal professional growth program. I, I did four different programs of theirs from like, summer of 2018 to summer of 2019 ish and i had i had this experience in um the first like course that i did with them where we did this fear exercise and it, it just like it became really really in my consciousness like in a way that was like a shift that i couldn't ignore anymore that i had i had a gay part of myself that was screaming to be heard and not repressed. And my straight side sort of was the side of me doing the repressing. And, mm -hmm. and you know, that, that also is just a way for me to explain it. But I just realized like, okay, I got some fucking being with myself and conversing with these very different parts of myself and some listening to do to the part of myself that's kind of yelling out and calling out crying out to be heard basically yeah and and that was like you know end of 2018 mid, mid to end of 2018 and so i really like i dove in i and and you know it took a lot of it really to regardless of what it might be in in our lives whether it's like you know exploring the depths of who you are and your identity or trying to like you know create art and be who you are that's really challenging for people especially like the the example i tend to think about is like asian parents who are really strict academically on their kids to like do do great at math become a doctor or a lawyer practice your fucking piano every day and like, yeah yeah you know like that type of stuff but the you know there's like how many kids that are like well i don't want to be those things i don't want to live my life for you i don't want to live my life how your culture says that i should or taught you that you have to be like i want to be an artist i want to be a musician i want to do something and be my own person and that takes courage and and i just recognized that i had to kind of have some courage to go down this path and explore for myself what this what was going on with me and I've, I've struggled with depression and anxiety my whole life too. And I was like, this is part of it, you know, like this is obviously to me, like part of it. And it's at, 
it's at a point in which I, I cannot ignore this anymore. And, and then as I explored it more and I ended up like hooking up with a guy at the end of 2018 that I would like used to work with and I was friends with. And and I kind of was just like, I just recognized, like we hung out a few times and I recognized that I had some attraction to him. And I would kind of was like, I, I, I had this experience where I told myself like, if something ends up potentially happening with this guy, which I suspected may be the case, I will not stop myself. I, like, essentially, it's like, I will not allow the stronger part of myself, the, my straight self that I've identified with my whole life, pretty much. Yeah. Stop the other part of myself if the other part of myself wants to go and explore itself. And so, okay. so that happened. And yeah, so it's been, it's been a journey for the last like few years now to really like explore that and work through all the, you know, shame and the challenging emotions and what that means and how are people going to like look at me differently or treat me differently and to, you know, continue to explore and let it, let it unfold. Cause it, it really was like, it wasn't something I thought I was hiding. I, I was always attracted to women. But when I look back and see sort of like the, oh, well, that makes more sense. Under this context, it's like a lot of things mm. started making like a lot more sense. And yeah, it's just been a journey of really, you know, surrender and acceptance and curiosity and openness and, you know, trying to have love and compassion for myself and accept myself and who I am. Yeah. 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 That's really, that's really amazing, man. That's really, really cool because uh, it actually makes me like, as you bring up the shame, I remember like when I did my first ayahuasca experience uh, afterwards, the shaman, he was like a shaman Reiki healer type. Um, he came to me and he was like, he's like now, cause he's like, he'd done some Reiki and he'd done a bunch of things with me. And he was like, uh, he like he touched my stomach and he's like now you have to do without shame he's like there's energy in here he's like when you have shame this energy can't be released in your sacral the mm -hmm. sacral area he's like so you have to do without shame he's like you have to do without shame he just kept telling me that and i think of that all the time so it's funny that you bring that up because like it it brightened you up because i could see you from like now that you're saying like when you came out i could see you from before you came out and then as and it was funny because I remember seeing a few pictures of you and I was like, I think that guy's bisexual. And I didn't actually know. <laughs> I didn't actually know. But like when you open up who you are, it kind of brightens you. And like, I don't know, it's like very, it's very good because in the last few years when I've seen your face, I see like a lot of brightness from it. Mm -hmm. Whereas before you came out, I could see a, a more conservative a more i don't want to say tightly wound but like something that was like in more something that was like closed off more mm -hmm. and now you see yeah. more open well it's, it's open. interesting too because just like you were saying earlier it's like you know that friend of yours asks you if you're gay because it's like you're more like freely expressed and you're able to yeah. it, it's so interesting because like when it really comes down to it it's like it's like if a man expresses like i definitely the thing i'm thinking of is joy but also almost like 
having your defenses down that's kind of what it is right like it's like it's like if there's some clarity of seeing that like you are not hold up inside yourself defending yourself from all of the from all of the judgments and insults and stuff that may come your way that it's like even just being able to like freely express yourself and be in touch with your feminine side or your emotions which every single human has you know that if you express joy more openly it's like you gay like and and, (laughs) you know it's just it's so it's so silly because yeah it's like I there's a couple things that I remember it's funny you said like about pictures because there was like this girl that I used to work with at this call center one time I had like this one picture as my profile picture on Facebook where like I was like at a friend's cottage I was probably like a bit wasted but I just had this like smile on my face and it was sort of like this just like exuberant like joyful smile and and she put this comment on it sort of like I don't know how I like feel about like this picture man like she's like something <laughs> there's just like something about it. she was like such a fucking hippie too it's so funny but she's like there's just like That's something funny. about it man like I'm just like and and I, I remember like that as much as I felt like I didn't know that this, like I had this part of myself or questions about it. It was like, I remember that picture being like a little interaction with someone in a window into like, Oh, like, Oh, I look like gay because of this fucking picture or like this other one, this one other picture I'm with like four or five of my like best guy friends. And I had like, rather than sort of having like my hand kind of, my buddy was like kneeling in front of me and I was like standing up behind him. And rather than having like my hand sort of like resting on like his shoulder, I had it sort of like on on his like chest and my my fingers were sort of spread a little bit and I just that was another moment where I remember like looking at this picture and like oh like you know how like you know flipping (laughs) like flipping your wrists and stuff is like a thing it's like I remember having that thought and that fear uh, of like oh like my my hand looks like gay in this picture I don't like this picture (laughs) so it's like it's just so silly and there's all these (laughs) there's all these like little it's almost like you know that you hear more in our culture recently of kind of like microaggressions and stuff that it's almost like these like little like there's there's so much policing of masculinity by guys throughout our childhood and, and and it obviously increases through like adolescence and stuff and so much fear around how we express ourselves and how we project ourselves that like so many little like micro things might be construed by someone else as being gay and that that might like threaten us in some way and for me like I've always I was a runt when I was a kid man like it's like you said like I look young still it's like I looked young when I was like I, I was the smallest boy in my class throughout like all of elementary and middle and high school except for a couple years there was somebody like around my size or smaller than me so I was like yeah. a fucking runt and I always looked fucking five, 10 years younger than I am. And yeah. Yeah. And so, the, and I had an older brother that I, I couldn't fight 
I couldn't fight him. He was a year and a half older than me. So I like learned from a really young age, like I, I can't use violence. I can't use physicality in <laughs> order to solve any problems. But that like I've I've realized in more recent years that I, I am still like working through some challenges with that in the realm of like, well, especially as we see society becoming more chaotic and, and dangerous and violence yeah. breaking out more, this deeply felt sense of like well i've never been a fighter i don't really like i've never done any like martial arts really other than like a, a little bit of boxing and taekwondo and and tiny yeah. tiny bit of jujitsu but yeah. like this feeling that like well i don't know how to like protect myself and like my loved ones if i had to in a physical sense you know yeah. but but so many of the the policing of of our how we express ourselves as men and our masculinity is in the realm of like safety in a social sense from criticism and judgment and stuff. So it's, it's, yeah, it's deep, deep stuff. Like there's so many different aspects to it. So like, uh, and that's true. That's true. And yeah, I, I've, I thought of that myself as well. I mean, um, the whole defending, defending someone, if I had to, like I, I'm, I sit naturally at like 220. So I'm like a big guy. I'm six foot and everything. But I was like, can I actually like, if somebody knew how to fight a little bit, like, could I actually do anything to defend like somebody I loved? And mm-hmm. and then I got I got into Muay Thai because one of my brothers, he's actually a Muay Thai trainer. So I got into that and I started messing around with that. And it does feel very empowering. The same, it, it's funny. The same way learning how to fight felt was just as empowering as learning how to use my emotions. Mm. Like it felt like I felt like the same type of power because it's like a new tool, you know? You have this new tool and you're like I yeah. can use this in certain situations and and I can I can I can I can handle myself in a in a myriad of new situations that may arise or may not, you know? Mm-hmm. Um but but uh to you um like so like it was a whole journey for you but like coming out to your family and I only ask this because like in the, in the, in the open I just wanna, project i just want to pause for one sec because i just want to just acknowledge that i'm like you have a podcast as well and i'm like shit i'm on your podcast now shit <laughs> <laughs> i'm like you're interviewing me <laughs> well i only asked because i remember at one point i was doing a men's focus podcast with jordan actually it was yeah, called yeah. the hardy gentleman and we did a bunch of episodes and and like all of a sudden i was i clicked in and i was like oh we haven't interviewed a gay person like we haven't interviewed a gay man and that experience is so valuable to guys who are coming up guys who are young maybe they're even our age and they haven't came out and they've had all these feelings and like so like so like again like you're a man and and that experience is so unique like what was it like coming out to family and 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 friends and everything like what did that feel like like having to walk up with that conversation knowing that was in your heart it was it was scary. Like, I, I think there, there's something that I, I may, I may have, well, I certainly have talked about it on my podcast before, but it's like every single like fear that we have tends to be like when you, when you pull back the curtains on it all and you go as deep as you can on it to like, what's at the bottom of the fears that we have. It's, it's all based on fear of 
criticism, fear of judgment, and fear of being um, essentially banished from the tribe because we're so social and for so many, like literally millions of years of our evolution as social creatures who are small, not big and strong relative to other creatures, no claws and big sharp teeth like other creatures. Like we, we only came up and became the alpha apex predator on the planet because of our sociability and able like to cooperate with others in small and large groups and to build tools and stuff like that. But if we did anything to you know, it's like the same idea of like, we don't want to rock the bow. We don't want to be the nail that nail that still that stick that sticks down on and stuff because we're, we're afraid if we do anything to be socially ostracized, it's not just psychological. It's not just biological, physiological. It's wrapped up in like the very core of, who we are as human beings at every level, biopsychosocial, physiologically wired into our being that if we get ostracized or banished from the tribe, then we're dead. We're, we're as good as dead. We cannot make it. That's yeah. why even like loneliness is so bad. It's like a public health epidemic, even like certain, certain like medical mm -hmm. professionals talk about in today's age. And, you know, so prevalent after the pandemic, but it's like, we, we not only instinctively feel unsafe when we're alone, but we like our body literally produces more stress hormones because it's trying to get us to go and find other people so that we're safer because we're safer in big numbers. And if, you know, if we, it's, it's funny because like if a predator comes then we either have more of us to fight or hopefully someone's slower than you. <laughs> <laughs> very, very true. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So, so coming out was scary and it, it's interesting because it's like, you know, obviously the, you can, you can see, you can tell, you can hear in the way that I'm talking about it now that clearly I've, I've, I've done, you know, whatever it might be, some amount of work that I've done to get to the point that I'm at to speak openly and, and fairly comfortably about it. It doesn't yeah. mean that there, there aren't still some, some fears because, you mm -hmm. know, it's like my, my buddy Jordan was asking like, how's that work for my fiance and I, and it's like, you know, we're, you know, just living life and trying to trying to navigate it as, as we go and figure out what kind of life we want to build together and how to how to navigate, you know, being it, we we've looked into some um, some different stuff that it, it's interesting because it's like the more you there's so many people out there. It's like, no matter what your experience might be, as long as you just look for your people, you're going to find them. Like there's other people out there who've gone through this shit. There's other people who've created, you know, podcasts and resources and programs and whatever it might be communities around the, the thing that you might be trying to understand or solve for yourself. And it's, true. you know, true. it's, it's so, uh, so beneficial to actually like find those people. Right. So it's like, she's she's straight she's you know 
curious and she's a, a very open person, open to experience. So she's, you know, curious or not like a totally hard shutdown about, you know, possibly exploring different, different things. And, but, but it, we, we've come to kind of learn that it's called like being in like a mixed orientation, sexual orientation relationship mm -hmm. where one partner's straight and one partner's bi kind of thing. But uh, yeah, it's like, we're just trying to navigate it and coming out was like a, a weird process because I just, I, I, for, for most of my life, I didn't, I didn't think I was in. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I was like, I, I really like, I, I've had a bunch of long-term relationships with women. I love having sex with women. They're the most beautiful creatures on the planet. And I, uh, I was so kind of like closed off to this other part of myself that I, I didn't even know it was there kind of. And it's so interesting because it's like, you know, I, it was around like, I was like 28 or 29 back into the, or no, no, I was like 32. Yeah. Back in 2013 when I started exploring this and it's like, you know, for this to like come out for me in a way that felt like, um, almost like blindsided, you know, in a way to some degree felt like, fuck, that's a hard identity change to fucking contend with as I'm, yeah. you know, in my mid thirties. But I just think about like, yeah, there's, there's so many people, whether they're younger or older who are trying to navigate themselves in the world and within themselves that, you know, my, my doing whatever work I've done and, and having whatever conversations I've done can just like we were saying, like you have no idea the ripple effects that that's going to have and how it's going to affect somebody. And it, it might cause people, I, I, I have a fear almost because of how challenging the, this type of journey, especially and confusing can be yeah. scary in some ways that, if I sort of prompt other people on that journey, it's going to be challenging for them in their own ways. And then having that fear of like being a people pleaser or the fear of criticism and judgment or yeah. fear of violence and not being able to protect myself. Like there's all these things intertwined with one another, but like, Oh, well, what if somebody goes on this journey themselves because of something they heard from me and then like blames me for how fucking hard it is kind of thing. But then on the flip side, it's like, I'm going to, you know, in ways that I can't even imagine help to liberate people. And, and it, even, even in ways that have nothing to do with like sexuality per se, it's like, just, yeah, yeah, actually, because, uh, as you're saying this, like, um, recently, like over time, I've, I've been open about it on uh, social media and stuff. Like I went from like, um, meditation and, and meditating trying to clear my mind doing mindfulness uh buddhism type stuff to uh to now i started praying to god um yeah i saw your I, video the other day mentioning that you you recently somewhat recently went from praying to the universe to praying to god right yeah yeah and actually like acknowledging a creator and everything and as you're explaining all this it feels the exact same way it's like 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 because yeah, like the whole tribe thing you're talking about. It's like, I know I have so many friends where, you know, we've talked about God in like a silly way and how like, you know, this couldn't have possibly happened and that couldn't have possibly happened. And and now I'm like, 
on the other side, it feels like. And it's like, I don't like I, I've been open about it because I'm always open about like anything that I'm going through. And like, that's the like kind of the vow I took um, per se. Um, mm. But but now it's like, it's like, yeah, I'm just on the other side. And it's like, which one of my friends is going to be like, oh, you're one of those people now, or which friend might walk away. I mean, even like, I mean, my wife, she's so supportive and she always will be. And I know that. I know that in my rational mind, but like when we first met, like mm -hmm. we, we met on talking about how silly the, the notion of God was, you know? And it's yeah. like, I remember when I first started praying to God, I was like, how, how is she going to feel about this? Is all of a sudden, is she going to have like a big problem with this now? And yeah, yeah. is that going to be a rift between us now? And like, I like, I don't want that. And, and obviously that's just nonsense, but it's like, it was just a fear that was coming up in my mind. So like, I, I identify with what you're saying so much because yeah, like the not being in the tribe, it's like, I haven't even told my brothers. And it's so funny mm. that you said the last people you told are your brothers. And it's like me, like the same thing. It's like probably going to be like the last people. I well, and I'm to. talking like, I'm, I'm talking, I didn't tell my three, two older brothers. One is like same mom, same dad, brother. And then my stepmom's kids. I have an older brother and a younger brother. True. And I, I'm talking like years. I didn't, I didn't tell them for years after I told my mom and my dad and my sister and some of my wow. other friends. And one of my best friends uh, there, we, he's actually my friend that I tried starting a business with and it almost ruined our friendship. And then we, mm. it took some time to kind of like rebuild our friendship, but there's like some, because of the history. And again, this like irrational, somewhat irrational fear. I actually haven't even told him yet. I think he, he might've like, you know, heard it or seen it elsewhere. Cause I've been a little bit open talking about it, of course. but I haven't directly had a conversation with him. And, and yeah, that's the thing, right? It's like, I, I knew full well, just like you're saying that in my, my rational mind, I'm like, I know my family is not going to disown me or not love me anymore. Or like, cut ties with me because of this or even like you know this irrational fear I had that like you know my brother's got two young kids and I don't I don't see them too much because they live in Kitchener but like you know I want to be in their lives and so this like just provides something to be fearful about that like well you know what if worst case scenarioing being like what if my brother disowns me and then doesn't even like let me be in my niece and nephew's life anymore? And and obviously yeah. I'm like, that's so stupid. That's not gonna fucking happen. But yeah, yeah, you know, for whatever reasons. And again, it's because that rational mind is the the cortex. It's the front of the brain. It's the most evolved part of what makes us human. And those fears are all coming from the brainstem, the amygdala, the fear center and stuff. Like they're, yes. they really aren't the same thing, you know? It's yeah. Like, yeah. That's not. But it's interesting. Yeah. That's one thing that I love about, about, I think life and about connecting with people and having conversations is that so many of the the things that we fear and challenges that we have or have so many similarities across what you would think as like very different things, you know, talking about sexuality compared to whether it's religion or spirituality or, or like this yeah. idea or conception of God. Right. And I get you, man. Like I had, I had a similar experience and it was also, um, 
it was pretty much like the first time I, it, it was like the second or third time I did mushrooms, but the first couple of times I didn't really get high. And then the, the first time I really had like a high trip off mushrooms, I felt so connected to God and to the universe mm. and to some higher power and higher intelligence outside of myself. And it, to this day, I, I remember it so like viscerally as one of the most like profound and beautiful experiences of my life. And when I was, explaining it to like some of my my like good good uh close group of friends uh like you know a week or two later or whatever else i i just just in passing sort of like almost said that like i just like felt connected to this higher power whether you call it the universe or you call it god and i i wasn't baptized i've never been to church other than for funerals mm -hmm. and weddings mm -hmm. you know but yeah it's like it it makes sense like we know about the the history of the sort of like the inquisition and the injustices and murders and power struggles of and, and corruption of the church and all that yeah. stuff and and there's there's perfectly reasonable rational explanations and ways to understand the shift from you know our history of religious superstitious non-scientific non-rational ways of thinking and interacting with each other in the world and understanding the world into this like more secular society that's the thing too right like this this period of time that we just so happen to have grown up in has been a very secular western societies that we've grown up in and stuff like that and the idea of god the word god is so charged with so much context of like the historical atrocities and all sorts of stuff that it's it, it, can, it can provide those challenges right yeah yeah definitely and i mean for myself i grew up in an orthodox jewish neighborhood um so my idea of religion and god was always like a like segregation because when you're a super orthodox jewish person uh, and like when you're a little black kid in that neighborhood, you are you're very left out. You're not going to synagogue three times a day like some of them. You're not going to uh, Shabbat dinners. You're not doing the seders and everything. Even though later on in my life, I actually did. I was invited to many seders, and because all my friends are Jewish, and like they'll be like, "Yo, of course you're coming. You got to come. You got to come and sit down." And you know, but like growing up, it was always very much like I didn't want any part of God because I saw the divide that it would mm. cause you in people and i didn't want any part of that and and i don't well, know especially like just, religions like different religions that's that's the, the those thing. like religious wars too of like islam yeah. versus christianity versus judaism versus exactly whatever yes. other fucking paganism like exactly so that always had me that's that always had me standoffish of it and i don't know like as as time went on and i did so much mushrooms i mean like i'm like I have mushrooms all over my arm, you know. <laughs> I'm completely tattooed. For those mushrooms. listening on audio, he has several mushroom psychedelic <laughs> mushroom tattoos on his arm. <laughs> yeah, and um, as I kept doing that, and uh, you know, I did I did a lot of acid and, and a lot of I well not a lot, but I did ayahuasca and DMT. As I just kept doing those things, it was like you feeling the connection and everything like that, and then getting into spirituality, the meditation and. And then starting to like look at my life and becoming so grateful and seeing all the things that were happening for me 
and all the things that were happening just in the right time and and having my wife come into my life because she literally is like the callus for like like people always talk about how much I've grown and changed and everything and like she's like such a huge part of that like mm. me buckling down and becoming this like better man like it's like literally like because of her like I wanted to be better for her and uh, you know, mm. for myself but like all of a sudden I had this external thing where I was like I can be better like this person sees me in this amazing light and like I want to I want to at least be half of what she actually sees in me kind of thing you know yeah. And, and just all of that together, I was like, I was just like, there has to be something, there has to be some kind of higher power, something, because there's just too many times where I shouldn't have been in the situation I was in, too many times where I've just been gifted so many amazing people and so many amazing instances, so many amazing conversations, it's like, and they come just in the right time, and they help evolve me so much that I just, I couldn't help but see it as some kind of higher power. And then finally, I just kind of I just kind of like, you know, I was like, I want to, I want to thank somebody other than, other than the planets and and the stars and, and gray matter and black matter. <laughs> like I wanted yeah. to, I wanted to thank a creator and, uh, and yeah, I just, I just started doing that. And, and honestly, like, as soon as I started doing that, like, even more stuff started happening, even better things came into my life. And it was just like, yeah. I was like, this is like really real. And I mean, even as I started doing that, then people, like you said, you'll always find that tribe. You'll always find those people. And then all of a sudden, those people would come out of the woodwork, like in places where I never thought I'd find them. And, and yeah, it was just like, I just, I had to give in. I had to come out of the closet. Like you said, I didn't even know, I didn't even know, <laughs> I didn't even know I was in the closet. Like that was the thing. It was the exact same kind of experience. I didn't even know I was in it. And when I look mm -hmm. back, exactly like what you're saying, when I look back, I'm like, oh, that was me clicking into this or that was me being afraid of this part and, and that like mm. it, like it was just so so many similarities in what you're saying so it's like a, it's really really cool to hear that really really cool and thank you for sharing it because like you are a man and there's other men who are gonna who are going through your struggle and and maybe even like exactly what you said don't even know they don't even know because they're not allowed to not yeah. allowed to have that you know like so it's like we have to share as much as we can in order to inspire people to to find out who they actually are, you know? Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? And I, I forgot to like finish what I was saying when I like had that experience and told my my group of friends that I like felt like I was connected to God or the universe or this higher intelligence or power. Like so quickly, like one of my like buddies was like, yo, like, are you a God guy now? Like, what's up? What's up? Are you talking about God and shit? And it, it just was like, it was, it was like, it was one sentence, one God, one time and such a quick response. And, and that, that just speaks to what you just said that like, people don't know because they're not allowed to know because our culture and our stories and our beliefs and our, at least our understanding of history makes it so that we have just like so much baggage that gets in the way of us giving ourselves and each other space to like yeah. honestly be with ourselves and each other and find out who we are and who we could be because it's like when you actually do find people that give you that space which I feel like with you right it's like that's what allows us to like learn and grow and really 
connect with ourselves and connect with other people and connect with the higher power and it's like and it's interesting too because like I find I find the conversation uh, around God and religion and spirituality and the scientific understandings and stories for the you know fundamental forces of nature and reality and physics and you know gravity and electromagnetism and all that stuff it's like they're they they this is something that i've like really like noticed over the past like probably like 15 years or so that this divide that there has been in our more secular society between science and religion is something that needs to be healed because like like everything we the more we can see ourselves as one you know one species on this planet on one planet with all these other species that is essentially making one giant superorganism and that all of these like different beliefs and ideas different religions and the the rift between science and religion like if we're going to actually evolve and solve the myriad extremely complex challenges that we have it's only going to be through providing more space connecting yeah. more authentically yeah. giving people more space to like be who they are and mm -hmm. and like healing the rifts between these things because like what you're saying is like you wanted to like pray to something not to like this inert dead matter kind of thing mm -hmm. like and it's like and it doesn't even have to be religion and spirituality doesn't have to be unscientific or or yeah or irrational or anything like that right because it's like a lot of people like i'm i'm of the mind of thinking more that like whatever the fundamental creative force of the universe that gives life to everything else to matter to energy to the you know fundamental physical forces of gravity electromagnetism the weak and strong nuclear force whatever gives it's like you know there there have been really smart people trying to and and still not able to like solve the puzzle between like the the large newtonian mechanics of the movement of the planets which is so like accurate we could we have you know gps systems that pinpoint us on our you know yeah. planet and give us real-time feedback of where the fuck we're driving to it's yeah. like that that shit works and then you have this totally different thing that's actually incompatible with that on the small scale quantum physics and that there's like they've been trying to find the unifying principles and the unifying force and for me it's like well that's god and what's wrong with talking about that or <laughs> it's, it's it's interesting too because you said like you know you're talking about gratitude and it's like gratitude is the antidote to depression and it's the shield against anxiety sort of right like yep. and and it's all it's all contextual it's like it's also a skill and it's like your life will change for the better if you practice the skill of gratitude mm -hmm. right and that even when you when you take the step sort of of 
praying, which also can really just be looked at as like surrendering the sort of like power of how your life is going to like unfold in certain ways to something outside of yourself. That's a higher power, which actually helps to like kind of be less depressed about the mistakes you may have made and shame and guilt, you know, let go of that stuff a bit more and to be less fearful for the future because it's like, you're going to do what you're going to do. You're going to try to obviously, you know, you're not surrendering life being in your hands as if like you can't plan and, and, you know, act on your plans and create what you want to create. But when you like, when you surrender to the idea that there is a higher power and there obviously there is, it's like gravity is a fucking higher power than us. Like you're not keeping yourself, (laughs) you know, you're not keeping yourself on the ground, but that it's like, when you push it, when you push it far enough, it's like the ultimate like source of, like creation of reality itself like that there's something that does that it doesn't matter if it's like i i don't think it's like a anthropomorphized like figurehead anthropomorphized yeah. like uh you know white christian god or like a muslim allah it's like more like a fundamental force of the universe which a lot of people use they think it's consciousness maybe yeah. it is another thing we can't fucking solve (laughs) yeah yeah true but it's like you have you ever heard that quote from Nietzsche uh Frederick Nietzsche the philosopher that like god is dead yeah 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 Yeah, so it's like again something Jordan Peterson talks about a lot but it's like this idea that like because people don't believe in a higher power anymore or that you know, the, the idea that things are sacred in this world are actually attached to that as well. Mm -hmm. And it was like that, that, that belief in a higher power, whatever you might believe that, that God is and the, the recognition that there are things in this world and in this life and in us that are sacred and they are to be regarded as such. And they're to be protected as such that without that, our society will collapse. We will descend into chaos. And it's like, hey, look at our world. What do you know? <laughs> right? <laughs> very, very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so so I believe that it's like, I, I commend you, man. Because again, it's like, with the stories that we got, it takes courage to go and explore anything that's kind of against the grain of the bullshit that we've been fed. And to cultivate your own like relationship with whatever you believe that higher power of this universe and life itself is is i think it's important man like i think i think we're seeing a turn and a lot of the chaos and like the kind of culture wars and stuff i've heard um explained as like we're actually in a post-secular society now and a lot of the beliefs that we're seeing with like QAnon and all sorts of conspiracies and shit they're yeah. they're very much grounded in religious frameworks like entirely mm. and uh a lot of the you know really rigid ideological beliefs on both extreme edges of the political spectrum is that yeah. we're not in a we're not in a secular world anymore we're we're returning to religious fundamentalism and tribalism and i honestly think that this this conversation and this conception of like god and 
sacredness and a higher power is like going to be fundamental to like us sort of coming together and solving the problems that we're faced with. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, both sides have to talk. Like, I mean, when I say like a uh, both sides, like religion and science, they both have to talk in order to figure out everything. I think like, like if you can look at things, like if you're religious and you can look at things deeper scientifically, there's probably a lot of benefit there. And if you're very like scientific and you look at things religiously, there's probably a lot of benefit there. I mean, mm. uh, I, I'm, I'm in this Christian uh, WhatsApp group. Um, and one guy was like, he's like, you know what? He's like, I feel like the, the Lord has called me to like fast. He's like, I was fasting on Wednesdays. He's like, and it made me feel really good and resilient. And I was like, oh, fasting. Like, uh, I'm like, do you fast like 24 hours a day? Or he's like, no, no, just from like this time to this time. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I do that. Um, it's actually something that causes something called the octop, uh, uh, how do you say the word? I think I want to, I want to say like autography. <laughs> It's like the, the pro- I know I've heard it too. It's a weird word. <laughs> yeah, and it's like the process of like dead cells um, to get eaten up by your body. Yeah, your body starts eating up the dead cells, damaged cells, and stuff like that. So I'm like, I'm like, you're kind of right that like it kind of makes you feel resilient, and because it because it does, it literally makes you like a new <laughs> yeah. person. And I'm like, it, like that probably is like the benefit. Like that's probably why it's getting easier for you to to do certain things you've never done. Because like when you fast like that, you're you're becoming new. Like you're becoming like very new. Like sign. Like I was saying, like scientifically, and mm-hmm. like uh, he didn't answer back to that. Like it was like he didn't like he didn't want to hear that that answer. He just wanted to hear God is good and whatever. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay. I was like, whatever. But like, <laughs> you know, it's like it's like maybe maybe in religion at some point they understood that if they fast that it's actually beneficial to their body like maybe they had an, a scientific understanding at one point and you know what i mean like and i, I don't know it's just it, it was funny that he just uh, didn't want to hear it at all but at the same time was doing <laughs> it and was reaping the scientific benefits of it you know what i mean yeah yeah it apparently is like a protocol for like major disease treatments as well for the same obviously the same reason that it's like when you have like cancer or different like debilitating like diseases and shit like fasting is part of the kind of like the recuperation healing process yeah i I do i do intermittent fast i have like a 15 hour fast 12 hour water fast every day and i feel absolutely incredible just from doing it and uh, I've, i've tried it a bit like how do you how do you find it seems really like the biggest challenge around it for me is like how to fit all the caloric intake that you need to maintain your weight, let alone like gain if you're trying to like, you know, build some muscle or anything like that in like a, oh, excuse me, in like an eight hour window. It's like, like fitting sort of breakfast, lunch, and dinner into like an eight hour window. I'm like, man, I can't, I can't eat that much food in that, <laughs> in that much time. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I guess like I'm on the other end of the spectrum. Like I said, I, I sit pretty easily at 220. So it's like, yeah, like, and even right now I'm like 230, 229. So for me, it's just like, if I am not getting all the calories, I'm like, okay with that. Cause I already know that I have some fat there. That you got some extra. And, yeah, exactly. So I'm, <laughs> I'm always into. down. Yeah, 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 exactly. So for me, it's I a guess little that's, different. I've been like, I've, I've been around, I, I 
on the daily basically like fluctuate between kind of like 145 and 150 and I've been the same weight since I was like 18. Wow that's incredible like that's that's insanely healthy too that's probably why you look so young maybe that's That's one thing because I have had a lot of challenges with my mental health in my life I I got one of the things I got I I I definitely like abused like the drinking and smoking weed and smoking cigarettes quite Mm. a quite a bit in my life never like harder drugs into psychedelics and stuff being like a curious psychonaut to to a large degree and really love learning about the science but something I got like from a young age around that time like I moved out of the house when I was 18 and I knew like I already had a lot of challenges with my mental health and if I was going to deal with life and deal with the things that happen inside my brain I need to eat healthy for my not just for my body to like I, I've always like I've always been fit and like kind of athletic and so I always have been like if I ever start gaining weight from like drinking a bit too much beer and not not uh, exercising enough I pretty quickly change that sort of behavior because yeah. I'm like I don't want to gain weight man like mm-hmm. but but also just knowing that like I need to eat healthy for my brain health like for my mental health yeah I clicked into that around I would say around like 24 years old, 23 years old, I was like, I gotta, I gotta eat healthy. Like, I just noticed that it was actually because I came, I became gluten free because I started noticing that my mind was less foggy. And then later on in life, like probably around 30 years old, 31 years old, I learned that I had like an intense allergy to gluten. And I was like, oh, okay. So that's why, like I started eating healthy and I just had a hunch that like, I'm like, I just feel better when I do this. Like everything works better. My mind works better. My mood's better. And then later on when I started working alongside doctors, cause I was doing a lot of video work for them, functional medicine practitioners, naturopaths, like different doctors in the field. I started getting all a lot of the things I thought were validated. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'm like, I really do have to do this. Like it really does affect my mental health dramatically if I don't do this. Yeah. I was working with a coach last year who had done this uh, leadership program with me and she is like a, like a health and nutritionist coach and stuff. And she talks about the same thing a lot that like, you know, the things we eat, like, really do play a big role not just in our physical health but of course in our mental health and our mood and how we feel and that was something that I think it was partially prompted by the stress of the start of the pandemic and the mainstreaming of a lot of conspiracy theories and stuff that Hmm. sort of really brought me back to like some challenges with with that because I got really deep into conspiracy theories in my early 20s and I felt like I was really deep down the rabbit hole and uh, (laughs) it took me years to crawl out and it's one of those things like you can't unlearn you know the things that you learn and I tried to take I tried to take a more scientific uh kind of like outlook on on understanding the world and stuff like that but there are certain things that the claws are deep and they're really gripped. And when the, when the mainstreaming of a variety of conspiracy theories started happening at the beginning of the pandemic and just with all the stress and uncertainty, I, I had some uh, 
digestive health issues flare oh, wow. up that I had I had never had before in my life. I I literally even up until like a few months before that, something I I frequently said was that like I had like an iron stomach, like I could eat anything mm. in any order in any quantity, yeah. and I like, <laughs> I do not have any problems with it, kind of thing. And then it's it's challenging when those kinds of things happen because the it's been it's been actually consistently ongoing for the last like a uh, couple years now wow like, digestive kind of issues on and off so it's something i'm still trying to trying to figure out but, wow wow yeah yeah i've had that for a long time i just i notice when i just eat when i just eat clean like it, it it's getting it's getting a lot better but yeah for me it was just like gluten dairy uh kind of like grains in general but now I'm like good with grains so it's like I don't know like it's it's weird it's like going back and forth and and changing and that like yeah I don't know. well sometimes <laughs> my, my understanding too is that it's like if there's an overgrowth of like bad kind of like microbes in your gut that are impacting your health negatively then sort of like when you fix it you kind of kill them all and then you mm. actually can handle some stuff that you couldn't while like you were kind of like having like an unbalanced kind of like gut health microbiome yeah yeah but, but it's kind of like my fiance was having uh, having like some similar issues herself and she saw like a nutritionist and and stuff about it and uh they said kind of it's like you know cut cut all of this stuff out for at least like a few months and kind of let mm. it get a handle on and then slowly reintroduce them and see kind of like if you have reactions to them or this or that True. but yeah it's it's challenging man like what uh i want to be conscious of our time because we're uh coming up on almost two hour mark i'm, I'm down to keep chatting for for a bit longer but I wanna yeah yeah definitely be, be respectful and we can always like do it again i'd be happy to come on your cool, podcast cool. sometime and, yeah uh, definitely I really enjoy speaking with you and uh, really relate to a lot of the things that you have to share and I appreciate you asking about me as well, of course. And um, yeah, yeah. In the realm, I guess uh, in the, in the realm of whether it's mental health or it's, you know, diet or working out or creating art or a business or working towards like getting a degree or whatever it is, it's like, the same, the same requirements are present and the same principles always apply. And it's one of those things that understanding what those things are from a rational intellectual perspective, most people I would say no, especially in certain realms. Like there's, there's not a single adult on the planet unless they have some sort of like developmental issue or something that doesn't understand to like be a healthy way to be in shape. Yeah. You have to eat healthy. You have to limit your caloric intake to not take in a whole bunch more than you're burning. And you have to get a decent amount of exercise, but it's yeah. like, it's not intellectual understanding that stops us from doing the things that we want to do. It's emotional problems. We emotionally yeah. eat. We emotionally numb out with our phones and drugs and alcohol and stuff so i guess i'm just curious yeah. what are your thoughts on and we can maybe we'll we'll end on on this but like what are your what are your thoughts and perspectives and advice 
that what work for you or just things that you know for um well I like I saw like that board that you shared the video of yeah. yesterday I think I want to actually do something like that myself but so maybe explain what you've been doing with that and just in this realm kind of like any advice you have for advice to to deal with that type of thing I mean the first part is, is spotting it you know like really being able to spot it like like Awareness. I had yeah like like you have to really like be aware of like what happened like for me it was like okay like I'm gonna like I've tried quitting to smoking weed like I like I'm right now I'm like in my longest stint of not smoking weed uh, that I've ever had in like at least two decades because I started smoking weed when I was like 12. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, um, 14 for me. <laughs> yeah, right. So and and that was because literally like like it, it again being aware like I'm able to look back and see like I got assaulted when I was like eight years old by like a, a very grown man. Um, it wasn't sexually, it was just violently. Um, so that always stuck with me. And then um my dad disappeared like I was seeing him and then he was gone um just one day and that obviously affected me and then I got into the big brother program even though I have brothers mm -hmm. I still was in the big brother program to have that older that older figure and then he left he had to leave the country which rarely happens in the big brother program um so I knew that like and then all of a sudden a year later I'm smoking weed so it's like obviously when you look back, you can see exactly what happened. I went through a bunch of traumatic things. And then yeah. I found this one thing that was like smoking weed was like, oh, okay, so everything's better now. Everything's <laughs> so good now. Like, especially when you're that young, you're that young blasting your brain with that amount of serotonin, right? You're just yeah. knocking yourself out with it. So it's like, like, like I, I understood why I was smoking. That helped a lot. And then from there, it was like, okay, when I try to quit smoking weed, what happens? Okay, I, I, first time I like gained like 50 pounds because I started emotionally eating, like started eating a lot. Because yeah. before, like when I started smoking weed, I was around 350 pounds when I was a kid. I was really, wow. really big. Yeah, yeah, I was a really Damn. fat kid. And, and I started smoking weed. I started losing weight. I started hanging out with cool kids. You know, it was the thing that I was good at. I discovered I was really funny. So it was all these like really positive, <laughs> positive like uh, anchors towards smoking weed. So it like became my safety blanket as a, as a kid. And, and I just kind of kept it going, right? Um, and then the girls, you know, cause like when, by the time I was 15, I was selling it in like large amounts and, and that kept going until I was like 27, 28 years old. And, and like, like the girls and like the lifestyle and everything. It was like, it was like the best thing ever. And it was the first thing I was good at because I was terrible at school. And it was like yeah. the first thing where I was like, I'm good at this. Like, I know how to smoke. <laughs> I can roll joints. <laughs> I sell pounds of weed. Like, I'm the man. Like, this is great. Why would I ever stop doing this? I know how to do business. I this, that. So, yeah, yeah just um, spotting, spotting your triggers, spotting spotting the things that are causing you to to want to numb yourself out and then from there it's like like not even to bring god into it but like trying to find something whether it's something bigger than yourself like a reason to quit like maybe a person that you want to become maybe you've been holding yourself back from something like like uh, like you got to find something to live for 
to really live for. Because when you're numbing yourself, you're not really living. Like you gotta find something to actually live for, to live vibrantly for. Um, that that was huge for me. Again, my wife, a huge thing. Like when I, when I met her, I was like, things just started changing. I realized that I could be something different, and I wanted to be something different because not only did I, I like at first it was like I felt like she deserved something better, and then as time went on, I realized that I deserved something better, and like as that as that feeling kept progressing, it just, my life got better and better and it just got easier and easier. Um, so like the trick for me in terms of like, like, I guess your question is how do I stay like, how do I stay on point or how do I stay away from like numbing myself and stuff like that? Like, how do I keep myself yeah. together? Yeah. It's, it's a big, it's a big topic of conversation. Oh, so it's not even a, really like specific, just uh, a lot, a lot of, a lot of motivation. Like when I was 20, I found motivational speakers because I didn't have any positive role models around. Everybody was either a drug dealer or a debt collector or, or something, you know, like just somebody who was a part of like the underworld kind of thing. And I found Dr. Eric Thomas and and I started listening to him and I was the working. These, preacher? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I started listening to him. I started downloading everything because I realized like if I have no, I start, I started realizing that I started listening to affirmations and and then binaural binaural beats and stuff like that. Yeah. And I started realizing that like a big part of like you need something positive to be like pounding into your head. If you have nothing positive around you, you have to like supplement. You know, yeah. if your body if your body can't retain any iron, you need a supplement. If your if your life doesn't have anything positive, you need a supplement. So that was my supplement, and I really started listening to a lot of that stuff. And I really started internalizing it because I understood that like your brain had this this consciousness that takes in everything. So even if I didn't believe it at first, I really just kept pounding it and listening to it and listening to it, and it became all I would listen to and. And then it, it just, it really, really helped. It really helped form me as a person. Mm. It really helped like, and again, like proper, proper men to look at, proper men to aspire to be like, proper men to learn from. That was like a huge part of it. Um, yeah, so it's like the path to stop numbing yourself is like, like, what do you actually want to live for? And how long do you want to wait? You know, I have a, I have a mentor. He's a coach, my friend, Oliver. I get choked up even saying it, but like, like I was talking with him and he's like, how long, how long do you want to wait? Like, how long do you want to wait? Like to, to do it, to do the things that you, that you know you could do, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you got to ask yourself that if you're, if you're, if you're numbing yourself and you're walking down that path, you got to ask, how long do you want to, how long do you want to keep doing it? You know? Mm-hmm. Like how long, yeah, man. how long are you going to yeah. keep on having that happen? And I remember I, I list, I think of that all the time now. Like if I'm about to, if I'm like having doubts about something, it's like, okay, so are you going to wait 20 years on this as well? Like yeah. you're 30 something now, you know, you're going to wait 30 years. You're going to wait 15 years. Like how long are you going to wait? <laughs> I can't even believe I'm crying. Jesus. what am i what am i gay or something jesus <laughs> no no i'm i'm so so appreciative of you sharing that and and being vulnerable and obviously yeah, yeah. like you're you know you're, you're you're preaching to the choir and i've i've made a lot of changes and life's a roller coaster right it's like i've made a lot of positive changes and yeah, yeah. setbacks and the last couple of years with the the pandemic and 
so much uncertainty and social yeah. chaos and and finances have been like really tough the last couple of years for a variety of reasons. I've had some relapses and some setbacks back into like, ah, what's the fucking point? Nothing matters. Yeah, I don't matter. Of course, blah blah blah. Of that shit. So it's like you know, you just gotta recognize the the thing that's interesting is awareness. You know, it. it one of my, I, I, I've done a lot of therapy and a, lo a lot of like coaching programs and individual working with coaches and stuff. And something that someone talked to me about recently was like, you know, this idea that awareness is half the battle, quote unquote, half the battle. It's like, yeah. no, it's not. No, it's not. It's like awareness is 25% of the battle or less like 75% yeah. or more of the battle like awareness is extremely important that's not to say it's not it's not to diminish its importance but yeah. it's to put it in its place because awareness doesn't lead to action it doesn't lead to change yeah the only true thing that the only thing that does that is like you making those things happen and it's like you're you're saying you know like that question like how long are you going to wait you know, it's going to be another 20 years, another 15, another 10. You're going to be in the same spot, worrying about the same shit, yeah, man. dealing with the same problems and shit. And it's like, you know, and we're, we, we can't exist in a vacuum. Like we can, you know, the, the best of us do really well at, uh, you know, taking action on the things that they want to and creating themselves to be and their life to be the the ways that they want it to be but for for anyone who has for a variety of reasons more challenges doing that it's like it doesn't matter if you sort of like find it easier to kind of stay on top of shit yourself without external accountability or if you're you're more challenged with that which i i definitely find challenges myself but that it's like it's uh it's it's the the people that you surround yourself with the conversations that you oh, have yeah. and just like you just like True. you said it's like if you don't have them in your life then you go and you you supplement them you find them online you find it's like we have access to everything and most of it's free as long as you have an internet connection now and yeah. similar happened like when i was in my early 20s and i had dropped out of uh, college and got really into politics and social issues and conspiracy theories and felt so fucking like afraid and hopeless about the world and our history mm. and our, our our chaotic species and our challenges and my inability to like deal with it and also feeling like I, I didn't have any friends or family that I could talk to let alone to like mentor me or help me and it's like you got to you got to do whatever you can and find that. And when you relapse and when you go back into your fucking bullshit and, you know, woe is me, victim mode, fucking self-pity, all that type of shit. It's like awareness is, you know, how, quote unquote, half the battle or less, but it's like, it's like you, you got to find the mentors. You got to take in the, the, whether it's reading or watching YouTube videos or listening to podcasts or having conversations with people, it's like, you got to find people that are going to help bring you back out. They're going to help lift you up. They're going to support you. And like you said, how, you know, you saw the man that your wife saw that you could be, and you yeah. wanted to change for her before you even wanted to change for yourself it doesn't matter what order it goes in. If you find someone that you want to change for, or you want to change for yourself first, 
doesn't really matter. It's like, you just gotta, you gotta reconnect to the awareness of like what it is that you want, who you want to be, what you want to create. And it's not about not having relapses. It's not about not failing or not faltering and falling back and stuff. It's like the work quote unquote that we need to do on ourselves to know who we are and who we want to interact with in our life and the communities that we want to be a part of is like recognize when you're not aligned with those things that you want and you're acting like your old self it's the awareness is to just get faster at recognizing it and get faster at getting back into action that is aligned with those things yeah yeah true true that's very true yeah because now when when you said that as soon as like you started talking about the awareness yeah because it's like i've been aware that i needed to stop smoking weed since i was like 20 like i got into and i was like yo i should stop like this is like a hard i remember being in high school and i was with this guy and we were like rolling a joint in like this like back hallway you know like hiding and then he goes i don't know about you he's like but i'm really addicted to this stuff and i'm like yeah me too man Like, re- like, actually, we were like 16. I'm like, yeah, me too. I'm like, I like need this. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, it's nuts. And we just kind of yeah. like rolled the joints and like just started smoking. But, but like, yeah, I knew from there, like, oh, I'm really addicted to a thing. And like, that didn't bring about any change. Like, and yeah. there were, there were times where I thought to stop, but like, it, it would, it would be like very short lived or, or maybe I'd try and stop for a day or two and, and I'd smoke like two packs of cigarettes in that time, or I'd start vaping something or, or maybe I'd go on a mushroom binge, but there was always something, you know what I mean? Like always something to fall back on. And yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Awareness is not everything. Like I had the awareness, I've had the awareness for, you know, for years, for decades. And, and it didn't, it didn't happen until a key thing that you said is like, when you think of like who you want to be, because like, when I say like, I wanted to change for her, it was cause like, she could see me as like a really good father. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I was like, I'm getting high 10 times a day. I'm like, what's she talking? I'm like, I can, I couldn't actually be a good father, but like, there's something in me she sees, but I'm like, I'm like, I couldn't actually be a good father in this condition. And like, it was mm-hmm. just like little steps like that. I'd be like, well, you know, I do want to have kids with this, this is a woman. And maybe I should get high less. And I remember like at one point I was like, maybe I should not smoke until four o'clock. Cause at least if I have kids, I'll be able to drive them back from school and then I'll get high. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, maybe I can start there. Or like, maybe I'll just get yeah. high in the morning. And she'll like, it was just all these, like, you know, trying to step around the problem, you know, like work around the elephant in the room kind of thing. And yeah, it was just <laughs> gradually I was like, okay, if I want to be this person, these are the steps that have to happen these are the things that have to be taken away. Like is being this person more important than like smoking a joint and sitting and playing call of duty for four hours. Like, yeah. I think, I think they are. And I started like, I really started doing that and taking stock of that. And that's why I have like that board. And if you look at that board, you can see it's like, make my wife feel appreciated, make sure I sleep enough to stay gluten-free, dairy-free, take care of my body. It's like, like maybe, maybe all these things are more important. And as you start to find the things, as you start to find enough of the things, all these other things, whatever your hardships are that you're going through, your addictions, your numbing things, they all start to just be less important. And as Mm -hmm. long as you can keep that in mind, that big stack of shit that you want to become, 
if you can just keep that in mind and remember that every time that even if you are getting high like remember that as you're getting high remember like man this isn't this is not putting me on the road to that you know mm. spending money on this is not putting me on the road to that being like this is not putting me on the road to that if you can like keep that in mind eventually eventually you'll get tired of your own shit you'll get tired of your own bullshit and you'll be like this is this is enough like I'm yeah, not where well, I want to be just because of myself, you know? That's the key, right? Like, that's one of the main keys I, I found is that you, even with the awareness, even a high level of awareness, you will continue to do your fucking, yeah. your being on your bullshit yeah. as long as it takes until you get, like, clear on, like, what the consequences are of continuing to act like that and asking yourself questions like that like how long are you going to keep doing this for you want to see yeah. yourself in the same place in 10 15 years like getting clear on that and getting sick of your own fucking bullshit and just also like recognizing that a lot of times there something that i've come to learn in more recent years that i want to continue to learn more about is like you know, it's our, our traumas that are at the heart of a lot of these behaviors starting because a lot of like problematic behaviors start in adolescence or even even younger in yeah. a lot of cases or, you know, late teens, early 20s for, for a lot of shit too. But it's like they start in our youth and then they sort of continue. And even though we know we shouldn't do them or we should eat healthier, we should smoke less weed, drink less, do less drugs, you know, work on, you know, staying out of debt spending less money on shit we don't need to whatever it might be it's like we know all that shit but it's like we're 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 numbing out and we're doing these addictive behaviors to cover something up and it's like going inside yeah. writing journaling doing therapy making sure that you have people in your life that you can really be like open and vulnerable with and and yeah figuring out what exactly is it that's at the heart of that because it's also it's not just like numbing out because a lot of times it's like smoking weed and drinking and stuff is fun especially if it's social and, and it's that's how it often starts like it was for me it started socially very much before it ever became problematic or or in you know sitting at home getting high by myself all the time yeah. but it's like where we it, that can be fun and make everything taste better and be more funny and more enjoyable. But it's like, you're, what you're actually doing is it's like, you're, you're numbing the negative and uncomfortable emotions and the discomfort that we have inside of us that unless we do that work, unless we have these conversations, then it stays below the surface and you'll keep numbing it. And, and some stuff is scary. That's why it's like, for me, it's like, I either have this conversation with these different parts of myself and deal with my fucking sexuality, or I'll continue being the way I'm being. I'll continue being the person that I'm being and being so attached to my old conception of who I am, my old identity until I lose my fucking mind with mm. like struggling with depression and anxiety and substance abuse yeah and ruining my brain and my body or 
learning to love who I actually am and finding out who that actually is. And no matter what I find to be the answer to find a way to like accept it and love myself and be with it and go and find the people that are going to do that for me as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Eric Thomas always says, you got to go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated, you know, Mm -hmm. It's very, it's very, very true. And I mean, and the last thing I mean of, of me numbing myself, uh, I was gifted um, when I was like 22 or 21, I re-met my father. Um, and that was a big, again, it was a big awareness, but it didn't change things. But it like, it really lit a fire under me, like a fire that I was like letting kind of cinder, like and kind of burn. Because when I met him, he was, I realized that, first off, I, I saw him and he lived, he lived 30 minutes from where I lived. So it's not yeah. like he was gone. So he lived yeah, very, yeah, very yeah. close. And um, I just realized that he was exactly like I am. When I get high, I don't want to see anybody. And I just want to chill. And I realized he had just let that get out of control. And he, when he gets drunk, he doesn't want to see anybody he'll put that before other people and then he kind of just chilled and chilled and chilled until his children were all grown people and some didn't care to talk to him and others were like where the fuck have you been and like and and kind of I clicked in and I was like I was like I can because I realized I had both of my parents in me and I was like I can either be exactly like my dad which I'm like on the road to being or I could be exactly like my mom like I can I can pick which parent I I grab most of my qualities from like, cause I know mm. them both now I can see them both. And, uh, like my mom, she wakes up at 4am. She was a bodybuilder. She, she started a business when she was like 55 and started making more money than anybody <laughs> in our family ever made. Like she, like, she gets after it, you know, now she like has the resources to live here and in Barbados. And like, she goes back and forth. So like she, she goes after it. And then I saw my father, like this person who was like stuck in the Scarborough and like really into his addiction so deeply that like mm. there was no digging him out of that and then for me I was like I was like if I keep doing this like a lot of people figure they kind of figure where they'll be if they keep on numbing themselves and stuff but I actually had a clear vision of where I would be and what things would be like if I kept doing it um mm. and, and, it, and it kind of goes back to Jordan Peterson he says uh you know when you're trying to to improve or you're going after a goal, you have to give yourself a little bit of heaven and a little bit of hell. You know, you have to see the ideal and everything that that can be, that would be amazing if you achieve this thing. And you also have to envision the horribleness that could happen if you if you just let this thing, uh, if you fuck it up and you just don't execute on the thing that you're going after. Um, so yeah, I, I yeah. had both of those. I had both of those and that was, that was a big help to me. So I, I would just say to anybody going through it, like, just, just get around good people. They don't have to be Christians. They don't have to be, they don't, they don't have to like, just, just get around better people than the people you're around, or maybe voice what you're going through to the people that you're going around, that you're, that you're hanging around. Like, just, you have to, you have to make the positive changes. They're not just going to come up. It's not just going to change on its own. You have to actively, actively go after it. You have to, have to actively go after it. If you know there's something that you're supposed to change, something that you'd like to change, you have to do it yourself. Like it's, 
that's the only way it's going to change. Your brain's not going to suddenly switch. You have to force, you have to force the change. You have to, you have to really go after it. You have to really, 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 like I can't stress it enough. You have to go after it because otherwise it's just like, you're just going to, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse, whether it's overeating or it's drugs anything like that like whether it's like you're you're abusing yourself sexually like maybe you have a sex addict kind of thing like whatever it is you have to you have to go after that change yourself you have to that's the only way that it's going to stop and if it's with dealing if you have to go back and deal with something that happened to you when you were young then you have to go back and deal with it if it's somebody who did something you have to go you have to have the conversations whether it's with yourself or somebody external you have to mm. do it. You have to. Like, that's the only way it's going to happen because you can't live your life numb all the time. You can't. You can't do that. You can't. You know? Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Passionate. Preach. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So I think like that's a good place to wrap up. We'll do the uh, standard tell me. Uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for. I'm, I'm super, super glad that I, I reached out and I've, I've really uh, cherished like the, the connection that we've had and obviously conversations like this, just build yeah. it and make it, make it deeper. And uh, you know, you are the type of person that, that I want to have in my life, not just for um, you know, the kind of conversation we're having, the work that we're doing, but it's like, you're, you're a creative person and you're out there. Fucking, <laughs> Thank like, you making shit happen and and yeah it's just great to talk to you and and super appreciate you uh sharing and being vulnerable and uh inquisitive and uh where where can people find you well uh well first i mean uh, yeah thank you to you as well because uh, i've always seen you as a very very intellectual person uh very astute person um, a very open person in like the last few years I've been watching your content and listening to podcasts and um, yeah it's just uh, when, when you said like you seem really well read it was like such a compliment because I'm like wow this smart guy thinks I'm smart too I'm like wow I hope I don't mess this up <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah thank you so much and yeah the connection is absolutely uh, absolutely appreciated it's uh I, I hope uh, I hope to meet in person. I really do. Yeah, uh, I, was, yeah, I was really yeah. hoping to have you over here, but I know it's a trek. I've moved very far away from Toronto, so I, I understand completely. But uh, maybe when uh, your living situation is a little different or something, like maybe we can get together with the fiance wives and uh, do something. Yeah, like no, that, man, we'd you know, be like... we'd be down. Like we we have a car. We can make our way up there. Yeah, yeah, I'd love definitely. To. We just got like a dining room table and some chairs. Amazing. So we're looking to have some people over. So I would love that. Um, yeah, that'd be super sweet. But um, other than like where people can find me, I mean, my Instagram is uh, everything Colin um, and also the Open Colin Brother Project. Yes, Colin with one L. Yes, yes. Uh, the correct way. I'm not one of those two L Collins. <laughs> oh, my, all the Colin. My younger stepbrother is two L Colin. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> 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 oh man um that's funny that's so funny um but yeah yeah um, yeah you can find me at everything Colin. uh that's on instagram and also open brother project um my youtube channel is called the open brother project as well where i'm i'm sharing myself and my experiences and, and the books i'm reading and the things i'm doing to to better myself 
Um, and other than that, uh, yeah, yeah, those are the two places you'll find me. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be doing uh, the Open Brother podcast that's coming soon. I'm going to be lining up a bunch of men from all walks of life that I can uh, talk to and learn from. Um, and yeah, yeah, my Instagram, you can check that out. I'm sharing all sorts of things. Sometimes it seems like I'm a conspiracy nut. Sometimes it seems like I'm a, a life coach. <laughs> Sometimes it seems like I'm an artist, you know, like I'm always, uh, I'm always on different things, but, um, but all together, I hope, uh, I hope you can see that I'm a, a good person. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than that, other than that, yeah, that's, that's where people can find me for now. Cool, man. Well, thanks again. And yeah, there was one thing when you were explaining something like near the end there where you said, you know, like having kind of like proper men in your life that you can like look up to and connect with and stuff. And I, I didn't, I didn't want to interrupt, but I, I thought like, you know, like I, I see you as being a proper man and I see like men having conversations like this where you can like really go deep and get vulnerable and fuck if you get a little emotional it's like who fucking cares man and yeah man and, uh, i appreciate having men like you to uh connect with in my life man thank you so, so much I, you. I really really appreciate that that is uh that's my mission right now so thank you so well, much you're, man. you're doing well man you're doing killing it <laughs> <laughs> all right man well yeah we'll have to uh we'll have to set uh set up like a little a little dinner sometime or something yeah yeah uh, definitely let me know when you're thinking i'm sure justine would would love to yeah yeah that'd be great 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 fantastic all right peace brother peace